This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice though, they really mean flavor. Like in your face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Friday morning, July 22nd. This is the AM Spiel, a rapid response to the last night of the Republican National Convention. The political guru, Charlie Cook, says that no matter the excess, the exhalation, the effluvium of days one through three of a political convention, heck, hours one through 19, what really matters is the speech that the candidate delivers in the final hour, or in Donald Trump's case, the final hour and 16 minutes. 75% of the convention, Cook says, comes down to that. So that means that even if this speech were 75% non-disastrous, then the Republicans have somehow backed into a convention that was slightly non-disastrous, and I think they may have. Because I think that while Trump's speech wasn't inspiring or factual or really that interesting, it was what he wanted to say, it doesn't seem to have been plagiarized, and it was full of things that have delivered him to this point already. It didn't have any of the jaw-dropping gaffes that have beset this campaign. Oh, sure, there were some crazy inaccuracies. The Democrats, on the other hand, received 20% fewer votes than they got four years ago. Not so good, not so good. Four years ago, when Obama ran unopposed, 24 million people voted in the Democratic primary this year. Okay, maybe he got the year wrong, but along with relentless gloom and doom, there were purposeful misstatements. This administration has failed America's inner cities. Remember, it has failed America's inner cities. It's failed them on education. It's failed them on jobs. It's failed them in crime. It's failed them in every way and on every single level. Crime's down 16% under Obama. Jobs are up by 9 million. Crime is down in the big cities. Jobs are up in the big cities. No matter. Trump moved on to some version of damage control over his shocking claim that in a Trump administration, NATO allies would not be able to trust the United States to come to their aid. So Trump said this. Recently, I have said that NATO was obsolete because it did not properly cover terror. And also that many of the member countries were not paying their fair share. As usual, the United States has been picking up the cost. Shortly thereafter, it was announced that NATO 
will be setting up a new program in order to combat terrorism. A true step in the right direction. But the disastrous Trump interview took place yesterday. NATO has had formalized terrorism programs in place for years. I mean, we're talking the Defense Against Terrorism Program of Work, or the DATPOW, that superseded the Partnership Action Plan Against Terrorism, or the PAPT. Yeah, pretty specific acronyms and details. So maybe if he said that, you'd come away not scared, which didn't serve Trump, or a little bored, which Trump has the cure for. He yelled at us for almost all of the hour and 16 minutes. We will also be a country of law and order. And he said this over and over again. Law and order. Now, Trump evoked law and order three times in the speech, but it's really not fair. You understand why I had to say it so often, because the TV show Law and Order knew that you would remember their version of Law and Order because they always had the ka-ching. So we're going to give Trump a little sound effect assistance. I will restore law and order. The most frequently struck chords during the speech were immigrants, immigration, that was mentioned 13 times, trade, that was said 16 times, Bernie Sanders came up two times, and jobs was said 10 times. But it wasn't jobs, it was Job who Trump reminded us of. He turned all of us into the most miserable man in ooze with our riches stripped from us along with our dignity. And the only salvation was to believe in this higher power. At one point, the crowd actually chanted of Trump's promises, yes, you will. Yes, you will. A fine message in a participatory democracy. Trump's tone never softened, though perhaps his language did at times. He more or less reached out to gay Americans. Only weeks ago, in Orlando, Florida, 49 wonderful Americans were savagely murdered by an Islamic terrorist. This time, the terrorist targeted LGBTQ community. I like how he said the Q part. Do you think he knows what the Q means? Well, maybe he said it because he was in the Quicken Loans arena. Anyway, he continued on in that vein. As your president, I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Believe me. And I have to say, as a Republican, it is so nice to hear you cheering for what I just said. Thank you. Kind of remarkable that a crowd should have to be complimented for generally applauding a promise to save gay people. Yes, even gay people from slaughter. But this leads me to my supposition about the night. I don't know. I don't really know what the effect of this will be. So much about the Trump phenomenon has surprised us. Perhaps non-disastrousness is Trump's version of clearing the bar by two feet. 
but it seems like there were few instances where he articulated ideals that would appeal to voters who don't already support him. The wall is actually not popular with most Americans. And I know we're supposed to say that the rise of Trump owes not to his ideas, but to his tone and his showmanship. But that's not true. It was the wall, a stronger and more tangible, though less effective, idea against immigration. It was an idea that outflanked his opponents. It was more than any of the opponents offered. It wasn't just a phrase that struck them. It was the idea. It was the same thing with the Muslim ban. He articulated an idea that people who were voting liked. Not a quip about how he was going to ban Muslims. The idea to ban Muslims. And that caught fire with Republican voters. I don't see what's going to catch fire or even appeal to someone who says they're undecided, which in this election means hates Hillary about as much as he or she hates Trump. And even if there was that persuadable person out there, when the speech ended way past 11 in the East, no amount of yelling could shake that potential viewer awake. We'll be back next week, every night of the Democratic National Convention. Mary Wilson produces the gist. Steve Lichtai is Slate's executive producer. And Andy Bowers is chief content officer of the Panoply Network. Thanks for listening.